Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here. Welcome to another Wednesday, Wednesday the 19th of May 2021. Another beautiful day here in the Macedon Ranges in Victoria. And uh, wherever you are, I trust you're enjoying a really productive working week and looking forward to taking advantage of those opportunities to round out the week and really make a difference in the lives of your team, but also lives of your customers and key stakeholders. So if you are brand new to the show, love uh, love the fact that you've jumped on, and hopefully this message is going to resonate to the point where you'd like to not only listen again tomorrow, but also maybe check out some of the back catalogue episodes, this being episode number 268. So there's lots of episodes to digest and go through across multiple different topics as it relates to sales leadership all geared around helping to get as many people as possible to reach that exceptional sales leader status. And as always, if you are committed to taking your sales leadership to that exceptional level, love to work with you one-on-one, looking for the next highly committed and highly disciplined sales leader who is ready to take that leap. And we can do that in the next 90 days. So ready to work with you one-on-one as early as this week. So jump on my calendar at leadwithdarren.com, pick a time that suits, we'll jump on a call and let's start working together and take you to that exceptional sales letter status in the next 90 days. So in today's episode, I wanted to talk about uh, emotional intelligence. I had the privilege of running a workshop for uh, an organization in the Northern Hemisphere, um, and it was fantastic because I had people from Greece, uh, Italy, Spain, Singapore, well, that's probably not Northern Hemisphere necessarily, but um, uh, the UK and lots of different countries, uh, Belgium, Netherlands, I think as well. And we were talking about uh, emotional intelligence and how important this is in the sales game in particular. Now, a lot of these guys were our sales leaders and a lot of them are also channel partners and account managers looking after very highly valued clients. And they're operating in a marketplace that is not only ultra competitive, but what's happened over the last 12 months in particular around COVID has added a completely new dimension to it and made it even more challenging for this organization to penetrate the marketplace and really drive their market share. However, they're up for the challenge and they're making some phenomenal changes in, as to the way they do business and interact with their with their customers. And so the emotional intelligence piece was a really important, uh, I guess, piece in the puzzle of their development ongoing because more and more organizations are becoming more aware of the importance of emotional intelligence. And in fact, many companies are now investing significantly more resources into helping to build uh, EQ within their teams, within their leadership teams, as well as when it comes to talent acquisition and talent attraction. And I can remember back, even when I uh, moved from one company to another, I moved from Optus to Telstra, and this is well, probably 10, 12 years ago. Uh, even back then, uh, Telstra as an organization was starting to move more and more into uh, the emotional intelligence space and starting to put their potential leaders through, I guess, the rigor of testing, and whether it be cognitive testing, critical thinking testing, all things related to emotional intelligence, they weren't simply looking for a track record of performance. So they weren't looking for just an IQ or a level of, uh, I guess, intellectual intelligence, if that makes sense. And over the years since, particularly as I've been working a lot with organizations and with clients in a coaching and mentoring capacity, what I've come to notice is more and more organizations are placing a much higher emphasis on bringing in people and bringing in talent at various levels who they believe can adapt to a culture, who are teachable, 
and who at its core have a higher level of emotional intelligence or at least some attributes that lend itself to being taught levels of emotional intelligence. Now, one of the things we explored last night was the fact that there's a number of different models uh, that can explain emotional intelligence, but at its core, we talked about the fact that emotional intelligence uh, really is the ability to, first of all, identify and then be able to manage our own emotions, but also start to recognize the emotions of other people. Now, one of the things we can't do necessarily is we can't control the emotions of other people, nor can we control the actions of other people. The only thing we have control over is the response that we choose to put in place to any situation that we find ourselves in. And that includes being aware of our own emotions, being aware of how emotions affect others and, and various other components to that, which I'll talk about in a second. And during the session, I asked the team whether they believe that some people are born lucky or are they born as an emotionally intelligent individual. So uh, similar to the conversations a lot of us have in relation to leadership. Are leaders born or are they made? Now, it was really interesting to get the responses because some people said, you know, I reckon, I reckon people uh, are often born with attributes that lend itself to EQ and others have to work their butts off to develop the skill. So it, it's, and this has been borne out by research as well, Mo, like most abilities, whether it be leadership, developing a skill set, etc., emotional intelligence is literally a mix of nature and nurture. So it's true that there'll be some people who are innately born with qualities that would lend itself to be more emotionally intelligent, uh, just like there are people who are going to be born who have qualities uh, within their DNA that lend itself to becoming more uh, a leader or more sporty or more academic and that sort of stuff. So the great news is, as we explored last night, is that emotional intelligence is a skill set that can be learned. One of the key things that we need to be recognizing, though, is a person needs to have a desire and make a concerted effort to increase their emotional intelligence. And the interesting thing with this is career progression, particularly in the 21st century, is closely now aligned to emotional intelligence. So if you want to particularly take on a leadership role, uh, whether that be a direct leadership role or an influencing role that has a level of seniority, particularly into the future as we uh, grasp with more, more and more technology, artificial intelligence and all that sort of stuff, uh, we need to have more focus on EQ because that's what companies are going to be focused on and that's where they're going to be uh, getting their pool of talent from in terms of not just looking at people's level of intelligence nor their level of education. They'll be looking at specifically how emotionally intelligent are they, how agile are they, and how flexible are they, and can they uh, move into and develop into a culture and make a contribution that will be sustainable over the long period of time. So that was the core of what we talked about last night. And one of the other things I wanted to cover off today in this episode is one of the key uh, emotional intelligence models, if you like, that is used often to describe emotional intelligence and measure emotional intelligence uh, from an individual point of view, but also companies use this as well when it comes to sourcing talent and looking for the next likely successor in specifically key leadership roles. So as I go through this, just have a think about this and how well you would uh, demonstrate some of these qualities because I will ask you a question at the end of this in terms of just to rate yourself on where you think you sit in relation to this, but also get some feedback from others as well. So the model I want to talk about is a model called the mixed model that comes from Daniel Goleman, who is an author and psychologist. And he said there are essentially five key elements to emotional intelligence. We have self-awareness, self-regulation, motivation, empathy, and social skills. And these five elements can then be turned into what we call four categories of emotional intelligence. And this is the model I want to cover off on today's episode. You've got self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship 
management. The four key categories of emotional intelligence. So look, let's look at these uh, individually. First of all, you got self-awareness. How self-aware are you? What's your level of self-confidence? What's your level of emotional awareness? And are you aware? Are you aware of your own emotions? Are you aware of your own confidence levels? What's what's your self-talk like? Uh, how do you recognize and do you recognize how your behavior impacts uh, others and impacts the environment that you operate in? So self-awareness is a key thing. And for many people, and certainly this is my experience as well, this is probably one of the, the biggest areas that people need to work on is this level of self-awareness, particularly around in, in leadership spaces because often leaders are going off half-cocked, going off on tangents, and they might have the right intentions, but they don't necessarily have the level of self-awareness in terms of how their behavior and certainly how their emotions play out in the team and what sort of example they're particularly setting. Because as we always talk about, the fact that uh, your team is always watching your every move. And so if you're setting an example where you're appearing to be either overconfident or not confident, that actually translates to some of the behaviors you'll see play out in your team because your team is and always will be a mirror reflection of you. So the first key element is self-awareness. Self-confidence within that, you've got a level of emotional awareness. How, how aware are you of your own emotions and can you control those emotions? And can you get those emotions to, I guess, move in a positive direction? And how, therefore, based on those emotions, uh, can you recognize how your behavior, therefore, impacts the environment and certainly impacts others? The second one is self-management. And this is about how well do you get on with others? Now, your person who your first thought is, how can I best serve the other person? Am I looking for creating an impression of increase? Am I looking for getting into a position where I can become more and more interested in the other person, therefore ask some great questions and be curious about them and not make it about me? Do I have the ability to, in various situations, be able to control my emotions? Do I have a level of integrity? Do I have a level of flexibility and adaptability to be able to uh, manipulate myself and be like a chameleon based on the situation and the circumstances that I find myself in? The other key element of self-management is do I sustain a level of optimism? So am I a person which has a focus of the glass being half full? This is a key part and it's directly connected to self-awareness. So first of all, I need to be self-aware and then based on my self-awareness, I need to be able to manage myself accordingly so that I can adapt to the circumstances I am that I'm in, the people that I'm around, I can control my emotions, I can act with integrity, and I can sustain a higher level of optimism despite what is going on. And this is a key attribute in relation to leadership because as we've always talked about in this podcast, leaders always find a way to see a seed of an opportunity in every single situation, whether that be a good situation or a not so good situation, there's always going to be an answer. There's always going to be a solution. And therefore, there must be a seed of an opportunity that enables us to move forward. So that in itself is a great example of sustaining optimism and therefore self-management. The next one, the next category is social awareness. And this is a huge one because I've got so many examples I can share with people, particularly leaders who for all intents and purposes were socially unaware of their situations and the circumstances and the environment they're in, and therefore they behaved abysmally and set a really, really poor example. So social awareness is all about how do I empathize with other people? How do I start to read the play and read the big picture? What is actually going on here? And then be able to adapt my style and my communication to suit the environment that I'm in. It's about being present. So I, I often describe this as when you're with a group of people, when you're with your team or when you're with somebody who uh, you need to be with and be really present with, are you fully present? Are you giving them the, I guess, the gift of your attention for the time that you're going to be spending with them? 
Because if you're not, you're not demonstrating a level of social awareness. If you're off with the fairies thinking about what you've got to do tonight, tomorrow, what sort of phone call you've got to make this afternoon, what sort of report you've got to write, that email you need to return, etc., you're not being present in the moment and you're not demonstrating a level of social awareness. So social awareness is all about being present in the moment, being aware of the surroundings, being able to read the play, read the big picture, but also being present in so far as you're going to be listening and hearing what is really being said. And so there's a lot to be said around this, and it's not just the listening part, it's also the visual component as well, by able to be reading body language and things like that, because often people will be saying things, and their body language will show something completely different. So being socially aware is a key, key element of, of emotional intelligence, and i got to say, from my experience, it's one of the key things that a lot of leaders have a lot of work to do in relation to trying to elevate their credibility and certainly increase and build their EQ muscle. And the last category is of EQ or emotional intelligence is relationship management. And this is all about the influence we have. How do we start to develop others? When you're looking at your self-awareness, your self-management and being able to read the play through social awareness, how do you take all of those and facilitate conversations, facilitate opportunities for others to develop? How do you best influence other people? How good are you at developing other people and developing relationships with those other people? Do you spend the time collaborating and do you really bring people together and create an environment where collaboration can actually happen? Or are you focused on actually creating environments where there's going to be bitching and moaning and criticism and all that sort of stuff? Because from an EQ point of view, a great, highly emotionally intelligent individual will focus on how do I bring people together? How do I create an outcome that is conducive to win-win relationships and win-win outcomes? And how do I get them to collaborate so that those win-win outcomes take place? So relationship management is a key thing. So they're the four key categories of emotional intelligence. That's a really high-level overview. There's a lot more detail that goes into each of those. But uh, essentially, the four categories, again, you've got self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. So here's the question I asked the team last night, and this is exactly the same question I'm going to ask you. How will you rate yourself on these four categories? Self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, and relationship management. And rate yourself out of 10. 10 being, I'm a superstar. One being, oh, I've got a bucket load of work to do. Or you might be somebody in, you know, somewhere in between. Once you've rated yourself, I want you then to think about, well, how well do I demonstrate the qualities of specifically self-awareness, self-management, and social awareness. Now, that's going to take a little bit of introspection and a little bit of reflection in terms of really being honest with yourself and really figuring out, am I, am I really good at these or do I have some work to do? That's the first part. The second part I want you to do is think about, all right, if you ask your one-up manager and ask them directly, how well do you think I demonstrate the qualities of self-management, self-awareness, and social awareness? What would they say? And would their answer match what you've actually come up with based on your own self-reflection? That's a really interesting one because you may actually find there's a gap that's been opened up that gives you some things to work on. The next thing I want you to do is ask your team. Ask them how well do they think you demonstrate these qualities as well and then go one step further. And I know there's going to be some key customers that you have some really great relationships with. Go and ask them as well because when you can get a 360 view from other people's perspective on these areas of emotional intelligence, it will give you a really good picture on A, what your strengths are and what you're doing really well. So continue to do those. But also it might reveal, you know what, there might be some areas that are blind spots to you that if you work on these, you can even further strengthen 
your emotional intelligence muscle. And that's what it's all about. So if we can do that, we become better and better because we know as leaders, as exceptional sales leaders, that there is always another level to get to. So with that message said, I trust that message resonates. I hope that finds you in a good space and I hope that helps you on your quest to become even more exceptional in what you do as a sales leader. So once again, thank you very much for listening and I look forward to sharing with you on a brand new episode tomorrow of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.